This is part two of our episodes on intuitive and empathic kids. So make sure you go listen to part one first if you haven't done that already. In this episode, we continue our conversation about intuition and empathy, what that can look like in children. We deep dive into the empathy side, talk about our own experiences, and then give lots of helpful tips and tricks for parents. Let's talk about what intuition really is. Let's look at all the places intuition and ego show up in your life. Let's share honestly. Let's do the research. I'm Jamie Hayhurst. I'm Heather Wood. This This is the Intuitive Intuitive Girls Guide. Hey, Jamie, we're back. Yes. Part two of Mm -hmm. Intuitive and Empathic Kids. Yes. I love this topic. I do too. And I think a lot of people are going to like it. Yes. Okay. Good one. Me too. All right. Let's jump right in Mm -hmm. to highly empathic kids. So in the last episode, we talked about like intuition and empathy and what that looks like in kids, common mistakes, you know, in in clocking it. And we broke down what it looks like to be highly intuitive Intuitive. as a kid, especially in the ways that you might not be thinking. Right. So now we're going to do that with empathy. And just to restate, to yes. remind the class, yes. there are a lot, there's a lot of overlap here. Yes. A lot of things look the same or there's something a little off. And also your kid might do something a little different. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a spectrum. There are well, all spectrums. And not everything's going to apply. No. Okay. No, everyone's different. Okay. So highly empathic kids, mm-hmm. they cannot let go of something that they've heard. Oh. They are very affected. And I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to use my son, Gavin, okay. for this. So he was in kindergarten, mm-hmm. and they did a whole series for Earth Day. They did, like, for the whole month, I think, of April is when Earth Day is, right? Yes. They did a whole thing about saving the planet. Okay. And they talked in a Uh-oh. very light, kindergarten oh, way. I think I know how this is going to go. About helping the planet <laughs> because of the problems going on in the planet. I mean, there are many. Yeah. My child mm-hmm. did not sleep yep. for a week Yep. in terror and upset. And why are we sort of like how I was ranting? Like, how are we just existing with time? Yes. It was like how this is okay with you all. You're just moving on with mom. You're going to sleep. You're cooking dinner like a normal While person. The planet, burns. the planet is dying. <laughs> Okay. Didn't Glennon Doyle talk about this with her daughter did this too with like the penguins or the... It's like the panda bears or something. Polar bears. Polar bears. Okay. Yeah. She gave a great example. Mm-hmm. Like like empathic kids are like the canaries in a coal mine. Yes. Like as soon yes. as something like off, they're going to they're gonna tell you. Like it's true. It's going to affect them more. They can't let it go. And we all need to listen. Yeah. They're a good sensor. Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So they're just very affected by everything. And you never really know what thing is going to hit them. Mm-hmm. And what I will say as a theory that I have is that I think something triggers something in their purpose or something that feels connected. Like I know for Gavin, I, I truly believe he's meant to be some like environmental lawyer or something. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I, I think that there's something drawn to him mm-hmm. and his purpose. So I think if you, you hit it right with the kid or wrong, however you look at right, it, exactly, it's going to do that. That's so it, a really good point. I just want to say that like, Again, they're labeled sensitive, same as intuitive kids. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people just think they're being dramatic. And they are. Yes. (laughs) 
Empathic people are typically pretty dramatic people. But not for the purpose of putting on a show. No, they are right. actually this bothered. And yeah. they're bothered. You, instead of going like they're, they're overreacting or they can't let it go, you should be going, why am I letting it go? Well, that's the thing is that you're triggering in other people. Yeah. That they should then be doing something also and they might not be able to like manage that. people don't have the capacity right. to exist like exactly. that and feel the hopelessness of, of doing anything. Right. So it's as empathic people, we are triggers. Yes. And so I'm the crazy parent out with my kids, my kindergartner and my preschooler mm. picking up trash. To make him feel better. And probably thinking like, why is that lady making her kids pick up trash? I, I bet intuitive parents drove by and went, oh, I bet the kid had the lesson in school about the earth dying. Right. That's what happens. Right. And someone else thinks that they're like being, pun- <laughs> this is their punishment. Yeah. She's a real strict mother. <laughs> Community service. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So and it's it's with so many different things. Like right. I said, you never know what's going to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it's very unpredictable. I remember as a kid being like, watching a movie and being so upset and affected and like everyone else like i hated the movie et because i was so sad that the boy was separated from the alien and i couldn't enjoy any of it because it was so overwhelming to me and my mother would be like but what about these good things that happen and like look at the bright side of this and i'd be like get away from me with that talk woman like i'm crushed Mm. i'm crushed this reminds me of when my daughter was absolutely devastated Uh uh-huh when the beast turned into a human. Yes. Because yes. she loved him she the loved way the beast. he was. Yes. And she didn't want him to change. Look at how much deeper she went on the movie. Right. Like she got it. Yeah. She got that he was the same person. He didn't need to change. Yes. Right. And then you're looking around at everyone else like fine with everything. And you're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> that's that's how empathic kids feel all the time. Right. Empathic adults too. Same. I mean, yeah. I still feel like that a lot. Me too. We, we have more tools to manage it. <laughs> but I just think it's important to understand where that's coming from right. and that they're right and we're wrong. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> okay. So also, I just like to say like the big feelings thing, they get labeled as kids with big feelings, mm-hmm. oftentimes to small things. Have you yes. read that? <laughs> A few times. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The big reaction, the meltdown, right. whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is just when their ability to mask runs out. Like, yes. I wish people could understand that better. Right. That everything going on is affecting them emotionally. Yes. And so the reason that they, they have that big emotional reaction to something that seems small is because it isn't to that. Exactly. That's just like the last thing that like crushed the like crushed them. Right, exactly. It's like the and last straw, right, literally. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Ran out of gas. Absolutely. Right. Okay, highly empathic kids are very curious mm-hmm. about other people. Yes. They are nosy Nellies. Mm-hmm. Adults too. Yep. Gladys Kravitzes of the world. <laughs> like nosy, nosy human beings. Yep. Not necessarily for the gossipy angle though. Like no. They I mean it turns into that because again, this could be its own episode, but like women are taught to bond over oppression, so it sounds like gossipy complaining a lot. That's true. But true. so there's other societal factors to that. But we just want to understand why people do what they do, and we want to understand how they feel about the thing they're doing. Right. And if you're empathic and you're putting yourself in someone else's shoes, yeah. then you're going to be paying attention yeah. and you're going to be watching them yeah. and you're going to be looking for more details, yes. which is going to read as you like being gossipy or like being like really yes. overly interested. Just continuously asking about the same person. Right. Um, 
we also get when we're kids especially obsessed about certain people usually historical figures oh and it's usually ones that don't fit like the mold Mm. so i remember being i think a lot of girls especially go through this phase being like very obsessed with amelia Earhart. oh because i'm going like emotionally how is she managing all of this I'm like five, but that's what an empathic kid is thinking. Right. Because we empathic people, kids especially, aren't hearing about something happening to someone else and hearing it as if it's happening to someone else. Right. They're hearing it as if it's happening to to them. them. And they have a reaction in their body as if it is. Right. A lot of intrusive thoughts Mm -hmm. kinds of things happen based on that. That's a really good point. Okay. So I'm hearing about Amelia Earhart Mm -hmm. and like the time she's in and like women aren't allowed to do anything and she's doing it and she looks different to me. Yeah. I'm looking at the women of that age and even the age we're in and she doesn't look like them. Right. She never wanted to get married and I'm hyper-focused on that. She wanted to wear pants. She wanted to wear pants. Right. She like all these things and like she kind of had this way, at least the way she was described as like not caring so much what people thought, mm-hmm. like being okay with people not accepting her. Right. And as a kid, I couldn't imagine. That must be nice. I was going to say, it's pretty cool. Show me. Right. Show me how you do that. That's a good point. So you become obsessed. And it isn't that I wanted to become a pilot, which is what I think a lot of parents mm. maybe mistake. Good point. It's because this human looks real interesting to study because emotionally I can't understand how their their states are. Right. It makes no sense. And it feels good to imagine yourself being that free. Yes. Right. So think about what what trait are they really curious mm. about? Because that's probably they feel the opposite themselves. That's a great point. Because I care a lot about what everybody says, unfortunately. Damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the curse of the empath, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's I always say, like, if you're trying to see if you're an empathic adult, the first question I ask you is, can you watch the news? No. That's Can what... you watch stand-up comedy? No. <laughs> That's different for you. Because you know I love comedy because com- comedians <laughs> are very intuitive because they look at yes. human behavior mm-hmm. in the same way that intuitive people do. Yes. Which is like, I why are you doing that? Right. You're all going along with that? Let me have some commentary on it. So yep. for people who don't suffer from the exact anxiety condition you do around stand-up comedy or anyone performing in general, especially solo on stage, it's so specific, you guys. Anxiety condition. <laughs> if you don't suffer from that, you probably enjoy comedy Okay. for that reason. I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> Your empathy is so dialed in to anyone who might feel bad. Anyone, exactly. Anyone who feels distress. I, and so the idea, right. like me too, like the comedians are a great example of very intuitive, but not very empathic. There's no way yes. you could be a stand-up comedian if you were super empathic. True. You, you would fail. Like I love comedy, but I would never try it right. because I'm way too empathic. Yep. It's too hard. Right. But we connect to some level of that. But your empathy personally <laughs> is so dialed into anyone who could be being oppressed or upset or be uncomfortable mm-hmm. that it's too much for your system. It yes. over you feel their feelings too much. <laughs> but can't confirm. I would like to say that it's hilarious to watch. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's not an awful experience. But for me, it's very oh, funny and it's awful. You have so many specific rules around it. I just get. I love it. <laughs> All right. I, I already said this, but I'll say it again. Labeled as sensitive, same as intuitive people. Right. It's usually. Um, sensitive in the in the way of like oh you heard a story and you know like Gavin 
Right. But like now you can't stop crying. Right. Like I, I remember my mother having to like send in a note when we were learning about the Holocaust and I was older. Oh, I was, I was in no, middle still, school. It's too much. But just being like, you need to give her a break or she's not coming in tomorrow. Like, tell me what it, I'll teach it to her. But like, you can't deliver it to her that way. Right. She's, she's crumbled onto the ground thinking of right. what it was. She can't sleep. She's having night terrors. About it's enormous. Learning to, about like, that. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's just a very different feeling. Right. Yeah. Um, they're natural chameleons. Now where intuitive people mm-hmm. are natural shapeshifters, empathic people are natural chameleons. Right, and if you're good at both, mm-hmm. you get to do both. You're a shape-shifting chameleon. chameleon. Exactly. <laughs> and as a parent of a kid like that, that's hard to keep up with. It is. That's where I struggled with my kids. Yeah. Was like trying to like even just track yeah. what like what was happening in the moment. Yes. Is this like you? Is this a reaction? Is this is this you feeling too much? Is this you being exhausted and overstimulated? Like as a parent, it's such a so mind hard. fuck. It really it's is. like there's so much to like run through yeah. and filter through. So I mean, many variables at play. Yes. The question like, is this yours? Yes. Or is this someone else's? That's when I started. I got smart finally and started asking my kids that in elementary school. Yes. Are, is this, are these your feelings? Or are you feeling this for someone else? Yes. And it was like a light bulb went off in their faces. The giving them that kind of language, we're going right. to talk about that in a couple of minutes, is everything. Mm-hmm. To be able to be, to even think about it, to, yep. to then critically think, right. is this right. mine right. or am I sad because that person's sad? Correct. Am I mad because that person's mad? Right. Or did I stop and like lean more into my intuition and like critically think about it? Yep. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. I get more upset about things that happen to other people than myself. And that is the trait of an empath. Yes. Like if you want to wrap them in a package, you know, people mm. will do really terrible things to me. Right. And I, I mean, I don't like it, but right. I deal with it and move on quickly. Right. But if you do something to, well, to you, mm-hmm. Jamie, or to my kids or to my husband or people I really care mm-hmm. about. All bets are off. I'm going to murder that person. I'm so upset and angry and I can't let it go. And I'm showing up at the door and I'm like, when do we ride? We ride at dawn. Like what's happening? Like, right. It's so. It's a much bigger response. So like, so different. It's so weird. But that is an empathic thing. And we usually have to go to therapy to deal with the stuff that's ours because we don't, it doesn't trigger that much. Right. The other people's stuff triggers. But it's because you know how it feels. Yeah. Right. And you don't want someone else to feel like that. Yes. You you know you can manage it for yourself. Yes. But you want to make sure you can protect everybody else because you want them to be able to manage it. Exactly right. Empaths are such emotional protectors of other right. people. Exactly, yep. exactly. Okay. There you're gonna like this one. This mm-hmm. is the this is the Jamie Hayhurst star one. Oh god. Very connected to the idea of justice. Oh yes. Okay. In many different ways. It's yes. not just like like the justice system here right, in america right, like which I, I am yeah yes. yes that too right but it, it it isn't just that it's like what feels like justice if they don't right. feel like justice has been served right. and whatever that looks like to them right they cannot move on they cannot move past it they will be stuck there yes until they can get there right yes like i'm forever saying like that's not nice oh yeah you do say that that's a lot. not fair yes because i'm always running it through the filter of like is this the right thing to do? But you're not usually saying that's not fair when it's about you. No. You Most of the time I hear you say that, it's for somebody else. Yes. 
Like that's not a fair way to treat that person. I, absolutely. Yes. That's what empaths do all the right. time. And again, it isn't just about like, did, you know, that guy get caught for murdering his wife? Mm, he and did. He did. Yeah. I think they're going to get him. There's a, there's a murder case yeah. locally yes. in Cohasset right yes. now that we're all following very closely. Um, but like, it's also like, hey, you did that to my kid. Correct. Like, what what do you, what happens to you and how does my kid get what they deserve to like move through it? Like, right. And there's also like a running list of like, that's not fair yeah. because you did this yeah. and I did that yeah. and I did the right thing and you're not doing the right thing back. Yes. Right. There's a sense of justice because like you're trying to manage how everyone's feeling. Yes. So if you think of this in your kid, an example that happened with one of my children, mm-hmm. my youngest this time, is that a teacher did something unfair to him. Mm-hmm. He felt unjustified. You get in trouble for something that he says he didn't do. Yeah. Now, my reaction to that was like, well, you probably got away with like 10 things. Yeah. Right? So like maybe you maybe. just deal with this. Yeah. He, he could never no, listen right. to that teacher again. He could never accept it. It didn't matter if the teacher apologized. Justice was not served. That's how my I will son is. Too. Never listen to that yep. person again. Yep. Okay, yep. that's a super empathic thing. Yep. Yeah, that's my son too. So, as a parent, like asking questions, like what would make this feel fair or, mm-hmm. or more fair, is right. helpful. I also found that with my empathic kids to say, "How do you think that feels?" Yes. Not like, not trying to say to them explicitly right and wrong, mm-hmm. like with interpersonal stuff, like right? avoiding that language. It's yep. more like. How do you think they feel? How how would you feel? Yes. If that happened to you? Yes. How do you think they feel? Yes. And then they're like, oh, I get it. Yes. Oh, now I get why they're upset. You're using their empathy to help guide them. Right. That's very smart. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times you have to do that in the flip. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they're so incensed about something in this direction that mm-hmm. they can't see anything in the other direction. Right. Yeah. So that's smart. We We also oftentimes sympathize with bad guys and it's very uncomfortable yes your face is really amusing to me right now well yeah because you feel like when you hear that somebody did something bad Mm -hmm. and they're going to jail for life right it doesn't matter that i don't want to feel empathy for that person i do i don't want to right and i recently gave you this example that like Mm -hmm. i can't watch anything Mm -hmm. with donald trump talking right because I mean, there's a lot of probably he's reasons. so embarrassing. It's such an embarrassment, mm-hmm. and you don't want to empathize. I with refuse. Him feeling- I refuse to empathize with him. <laughs> and when I hear him talk, you start to feel bad. I'm for like, him. oh my god, this yes. is so not like, oh, I feel bad for him. He's a nice guy who's got a bum rap. Not that. No, no, no. But like, right. oh my god, he yeah. sounds like such an idiot. Yeah. He's th- th- then I'm like, oh my god, my yeah. empathy's like. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Like, this is so embarrassing for him. And so I immediately turn it because yeah. I refuse yeah. to empathize with him. Yeah. But that's what my system wants to do. Oh, yeah. And it's real tough to manage. And it's real tough to navigate, especially as a kid. Yes. Like, even if you're watching a cartoon and there's a bad guy. Right. When something happens to the bad guy, the empathic kid feels bad for the bad guy, even though they want the hero to win the whole time. And it's so confusing. And 
as that child then grows and they start to get to like middle school and high school and they have mm-hmm. friendships with people that aren't the best choice of friends for them. Yeah. But you have a really intuitive empathic kid who can see why they behave a certain yes. way. And then they treat them based on how they know they can be. Right. Or like, I know why you're not being the greatest friend right now. And I know it's not about me. I know it's about X, Y, and Z. So like, I'm going to cut you some slack for that. Too much slack. Too much slack. That's why you have intuitive kids and empathic kids that sometimes get stuck in toxic friendships or relationships because there's way too much empathy being used on on the behalf of the partner or the friend. The same way you have to learn to deal with your boundaries with intuition, Mm -hmm. you have to learn to deal with them with your empathy. Empathy, right. And if if you don't understand that your kid is going to feel bad for the person who has it the worst, no matter what their behavior is. Even if they're treating them badly. It doesn't matter. And also, they're going to be, if they're both intuitive and empathic, they're going to be insanely curious about this kid acting out. Right. That was my kid. Whatever kid was causing the most problems in the preschool class or the kindergarten class, my kid, both of them, were best friends with that kid. Right. They were the interesting one. Right. They could feel this emotion. Like they, they didn't hadn't consider that someone right. would have like a, a painful childhood or like a, a bad relationship with their parents and they're feeling the emotion of that come off of the kid. And they need to go help and they right. need to go befriend them and they need to understand them and they need to study them. Yes. Because they're so different from them. Yes. And the parent, it's hard. You're yeah. sitting there being like, well, right. Oh, and that, that my kid, and forever in school, they were always like the kid who was struggling the most in class. They'd they partner with, with her. Yes. Because they knew Same. she would be kind and lovely and helpful, mm-hmm. but not realizing that she's absorbing because she's doing right. She's doing that whole absorption technique we talked about in the last episode, right? Like it's all just like a tsunami on her system. Yes. It's a lot, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to, I'll say this tip now. This is part of the tips, Mm -hmm. but teaching kids to observe energy, not absorb Absorb. energy is huge. We've used that language in my house since they were very little Same, because it's like, and naturally empathic people especially want to suck the energy of other people into their pores right it's the natural instinct yep. and that that's a quick way to crazy town right so teaching, too much observe too much. it keep it here and look at it yep. and then think about it is mm-hmm. way way better yep okay um they have often have food sensitivities and <sighs> sensitivities to medicine we talked about that with intuitive kids too yep i would say sensitivity to medicine is more common in in both, mm-hmm. where sensitivity to food is more common in empaths. Yep, agreed. They also get very overstimulated and act out. So where like the intuitive side of being overstimulated is a kind of a shutdown, a shutdown and an odd behavior. Mm-hmm. For empaths, it's an act out. Whether that's like have a big reaction or like sometimes just fall asleep. Yes. So and and things in the middle of course but right. it's just a different mm-hmm. kind of overstimulated yep yeah they've become so disconnected from their own body right that they, they can't function right. yeah exactly all right i also just want to reference an episode we did on indigos crystals mm-hmm. and rainbows that was a good one it has none of the white supremacy nazi stuff in it we address it <sighs> but there this is actually this is its own concept that was kind of taken on by that. Yes, so, exactly. It was weaponized. Yes. So if you understand if your kid is an indigo, most likely not. You're most likely an indigo if you're listening to this. Right. If they're a rainbow or a crystal and like the different 
ways that they're looking at the world and how they operate and the traits that are similar there and you connect that with these things it's going to be even more helpful for you right exactly yeah okay i thought that now we could share a little bit about our experiences as intuitive kids all right so i'll start please do i feel like i could (laughs) this could be a very long story maybe it'll be in a book someday i don't know yes okay but I'm just going to say like a little bit of what it was like as an intuitive kid. Mm -hmm. So I I referenced this in the first episode, but I thought everyone saw the world the same way I did. And it was like a slow realization and constant reinforcement Mm -hmm. that everyone saw it differently than I did. Wildly differently. Wildly differently. I, I am a person who can see the dead people. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I, I did mediumship like very early in my mm-hmm. journey. I didn't like it. Yeah. You have to be a very specific kind that wasn't of person your to be able to do that. It's really hard and there's yeah. people way better at it than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can do it. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, there were always spirits walking around my room. Right. There still are. But like, right. they, that was normal. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being like, it was like they were always walking through my room. And you're clairvoyant, so you, clairvoyant. you were seeing it. That makes it easier to see yes, dead people. Exactly. <laughs> right? And when you're a kid, you, like, see the stuff with your outside eyes a lot more. Like, yeah. as an adult, I would have to, like, use my inner. Like, I don't... I'm not looking in the room and I actually see with my outside eyes dead people. Right. I probably sense it first and then I can, like, use my clairvoyance. Oh, yeah, I can see something. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, or it's like a symbol yeah. flashes at me to get my attention mm-hmm. and then I can look into it. But as a kid, it was... They were very blurred. Right. Okay. So I remember the first time I realized that a spirit could interact with me because mm-hmm. I didn't, I just thought they just were going by. Right. Like cars driving by. Right. What am I going to well, have? You're just effect? watching. Yeah. Right. And then I remember being like, oh, mm-hmm. they know I'm here mm-hmm. because one of them turns out to be my great grandmother. Okay. Sat in a... She sat in a rocking chair in my room instead of walking through. I just didn't think she could see me. I, I, it was like a natural knowledge that they were not actually there, but mm-hmm. they were, but it was like a different... Right. It wasn't the same. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was just what they were. I would watch them till I fell asleep. Right. Then the grandmother started talking to me at one point. And mm-hmm. I don't... I can't tell you the timeline, but I'm, I'm sure it was like an age thing where maybe like I was able to do that. Yep. And I was like... But I could never figure out how to talk back. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it was just one way. And I was yeah. like, interesting, interesting. And she'd talk while I fell asleep. Oh, that's um, nice. And I just remember casually mentioning that to my mother. Poor Lynette. I know. Poor my mom. Seriously. <laughs> Sorry, mom. And I remember her being like, what? Right. <laughs> I remember my dad asking questions where I kind of gathered that it must have happened to him too. Mm-hmm. But not, it wasn't ever said. Right. And it was such a disturbed reaction that I stopped saying it. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was bad yet, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. I was like, oh, I don't think I should talk about this. And it wasn't. You don't want to freak your parents out. It was upsetting people when I would mention it. Right. And then I was describing her and like the bun she would wear and stuff. And it was my mother. This is my mother's grandmother. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, and I'm describing her at five. Like, it doesn't make sense to her. Right. So. I'm like, okay, don't, don't reveal this. And then when my grandfather died, who he like lived with us. He was yeah. like a, very close. When he died, he would talk to me. So now I'm seeing someone who I knew alive. Yep. 
that's a very big game changer for intuitive kids. Yes. Especially ones that see dead people because now you get what they are. Yes. I didn't know what they were. Right. I didn't know that was a dead grandmother. Right, right, right. I just thought. It was some lady. That's what happens. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I knew you alive and now I see you here. Mm Mm-hmm. And he would talk to me, and then I could talk back to him. Oh. So that was, like, very different. Mm-hmm. I remember another, um, my Uncle Eddie dying and, like, waking up with a start and yelling, Eddie died. And then my mother getting a phone call that the ambulance was going to get him a second later and being young enough to be like, what just happened? Yeah, that's confusing. It's weird. Disorienting. Yeah. How yeah. did I know that? Right. What happened? Right. Did I cause it? <laughs> or should I have known yeah. 30 minutes ago? Yes. And right. my mother being like, what? What? How? Right. Huh? But right. it's being too too chaotic. Right. And like, I'm not going to make the death of him about my experience. I'm right. too empathic. <laughs> Jesus. God forbid. Right? Right. Okay. So it just became more and more of that. I would mm-hmm. see exp- like things on TV shows of what dead people looked like and that's not what they looked like to me you were like no and that's I, not accurate no actually i was thinking like i must be wrong oh really yeah i'm like five how the hell do i know that i'm wrong? i'm not thinking i'm the authority on this interesting because i already think i'm weird do you know what i mean i don't think <sighs> yeah. i'm right i think they're right yeah so now i'm going wait they're are they scary now i'm more mad at the movie industry <laughs> okay I'm see, same with TV. Same yeah. even little kids shows when they yeah. show like a floaty a ghost. ghost. Like That's not what it looks like. Why, right. What am I seeing then? Right. Okay. So you think you're wrong. Mm. You think, and then it starts to be something that you think is scary and yeah. dangerous. You get weird heads up on things. I remember my my uncle who had passed away as a teenager telling me that my mom was going to be sick, but she'd be okay. And then her getting sick and going like, I don't ever want that again. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, that was a he- helpful heads up. Yeah. But I didn't, I was too young to understand that. And that's the thing, like, spirits don't know, they're not, like, super wise. Right. <laughs> like, they're just trying to communicate. The, yeah. Right. The, the same as if you thought that would be appropriate to tell a kid when you were alive, you probably thought it when you were dead. It wasn't. Right? Like, because you can't hold on to the she's going to be okay part. But you still think you did the wrong thing. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then you kind of go through life and you, you start to, like, bring up stuff to friends Mm -hmm. to sort of test out if any of them and you hear people saying really bad things about it like i said you grow up in a religion that tells you Mm. a lot of the experiences are bad or Mm -hmm. like evil or untrue or just to trick people but they're just things that have always happened to you i remember a whole talk in a sunday school class about how you don't hear god you talk to him and i would be like well i hear something (laughs) Right. What the hell are you talking right. about? And be like raising my hand and be like, who is it? What? <laughs> right. No, that's not what, that's not it. You know, that's, that's just, you're insane or something. That's even worse to say you're talking to someone that's not God. Yeah. It's a demon that's or something. A demon. And I'm like, pretty sure it's Archangel Michael. <laughs> pretty sure it's your dead dad over there in the corner. Yes. Right. I remember just being in a grocery store and seeing someone walk by and then hearing a spirit be like, can you please go tell my my son not to drink so much? And I'm 10. Oh my God, no. And this is like a 30-year-old, 35-year-old man. Can you imagine? I, yes, because I, it was me. Oh my God. So you're, No, you're, I mean, can you imagine oh. like delivering the message? Oh yeah, like this like is a, a great idea. Like a 10-year-old yeah. little girl. Yeah, being like, excuse me, sir. Sorry, you need to cut back on the drinking, buddy. <laughs> Your mom says to chill out. But I wasn't thinking... I was thinking I was doing something wrong by hearing it. Right. And then I was also thinking like, 
oh my god, I feel so I'm bad for that guy, and now I didn't help him. Want to help? I just what if he dies? Uh, yeah, it's terrible. So you're just constantly having this Mm-mm. things, these yep. things hitting you that yep. you don't know what to do with, and if you're hiding it, which is what I was doing, you're just making all kinds of wacky rules for yourself. Well, and and then also your body is internalizing all yeah. of that management and masking and yes. and repression. Yeah, and you just really do believe there's something really weird and different about you, yep. and not lovable and accepted and right. it, it, no one was telling me that mm-hmm. that's just what you decide yeah you know what i mean so that still to this day you can attest for me that i will say something and then kind of look to you or look around to and realize that that's not how everyone else is dealing like right. experiencing the world right and i'm still like huh yeah you're like do, do, does everybody do this <laughs> And sometimes I'm like, yeah. And sometimes I'm like, mm, or I'll no. just say something, and you'll be like, hold on. Right. You're like, that's <laughs> go back. Right. Let's yeah. Review. Yes. So that's for intuitive kids. That is constant. Right. It's a constant feeling of that. So you're constantly living, kind of not as yourself. Right. But there's never been one time where I've been like, hold on, like let's talk about this. That you've you've been wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's right. it's like. As an intuitive person, you're privy to things, like yes. to see things and understand things. And yes. that's what kids are managing yes. without realizing yes. it, right? Is that like you're just yeah. seeing the dynamics of something. Well, it's interesting with intuitive information because it isn't right or wrong. But right. you don't, especially as a kid, you don't have any other categories. Right. And you're kind of, like you're really taught about being good and bad and right and wrong. Right, right. right. And so with intuitive information, you will be wrong, or at least you'll interpret something wrong. Mm-hmm. And you'll have a moment somewhere as a kid where you say something and it's right. quote unquote wrong. <laughs> right. So then you start to be like, do I trust this? And, and the truth is, if you go back and unpeel the onion, you either interpreted something wrong, you get the wrong name. You were, it was right. You did pick yeah, the that The timing up. of it was wrong. Something was just a little off, but or it was the other wrong. person didn't understand right. it. Like, so it, it becomes this like thing about yourself that feels like a force on its own. Right. That you can't always trust, you know, and, and yeah. everyone does something different with that. For me, I created all kinds of systems and codes yeah. about what, like how I know what to tell somebody. Right. How and when. Because I don't know still how much anybody else is taking in and knowing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the thing is that I'm going to say that's going to be flag me as weird or make me feel overwhelmed or bad. There are ethics involved also. So for me, I am just constantly creating ways to be safe in that. Right. For other people, they just shut it off. Yep. I don't want to even listen to that because Mm -hmm. it's too much work. I get that. I, Mm -hmm. I don't... That never occurred to me. So I don't know if that was not an option or if mm-hmm. I just, maybe I'd like it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a part of it that I yeah. feel safe to know more. Yeah. You know, people will still to this day be like, oh my God, it's going to be so scary to like see the dead people. And I just think, isn't, wouldn't it be more scary not to? Yeah. <laughs> right? right? Like or yeah. sense them or I'd hear rather. them or whatever. Yeah. So it's just a perspective. Yeah. But I'd love for you to say a little bit because I feel like you are insanely intuitive insanely empathic Mm -hmm. but i don't think until fairly recently you really understood especially as a kid how much you were that yeah no i mean my story is going to be a lot shorter that's fine (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think i was a very intuitive kid Mm -hmm. um who had a lot of trauma in her life yeah um and i 
I don't remember anything. I remember yeah. with your help, yeah, that I was a child, like a like a toddler, yeah, and I saw my mother in a mirror mm-hmm. who was she was dead, yeah, she died when I was one, yeah, and so I saw her in a mirror mm-hmm. and was so confused mm-hmm. that I turned it off, yes, and that's the end of the story. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like that's the end of like of the narrative of it because I turned it off. It wasn't safe. It was scary. Well, let um, me, let me stop you for a second mm-hmm. because you do this thing all the time. And I, it's, it's the thing that Jamie does. It's when she's using her intuition that she does it. And it's, I know the listeners are hearing it and going like, <laughs> what? You say something so traumatic, uh-huh. bone chillingly terrible in a very casual voice. So your mom died when you were one. Right. And then a little while later, you saw her ghost in a mirror. Right. The mother that you lost. Right. That you weren't old enough to understand where she went. And then she's in a mirror. Presto. Right. But you, right? I'm just saying like for <laughs> yes. everyone listening who yes. just went, did Jamie just say that as if she yes. was reading her grocery list? Well, and that's the disconnection. Yes. That's, 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 that's my point. Right. Yes. That's the disconnect. Yes. Is because it's so unsafe that it's then all analytical. Yes. It's just me telling the story. So if you are intuitive. Right. Or you are, yes, you're intuitive. You're, whether you're a therapist or you're a friend or right. whatever. And you hear somebody say something traumatic like that in the tone of voice that Jamie just used. <laughs> <laughs> they have disassociated. Yes. From... All of the emotion around that. I also don't like really remember it. No, right. Of course not. You were a little kid, but like if you were saying that about me, you wouldn't use that tone of voice. No, I wouldn't. You didn't, you weren't there. I'd be a lot more sensitive about it. No, but you would be incensed. Yes. Yes. You would be on the floor of what, how the heck I managed that energetically. Mm. But you're saying it like you just said, like, oh, let's meet for coffee next week. Right. I, so I just want to point out to the listeners, because you are you do this so often, and it's <laughs> such a good example of, like, that's how you can see it. But here's the thing. Only intuitive people do that. Right. Because other people don't have anything to turn off. Exactly. Do you know what? So right. it's, it's a perfect example of a sign of someone who went, let me unplug this yeah. from the wall. Instead of try to deal with it, because I don't know how to do it. Right, and I, I don't have to. I don't have to manage it. Exactly. And I probably like felt physically unsafe, like just like without a mother, like a child without a mother feels right. like the upheaval of that. Right. Never like physically, like just existing on the planet. But then well, you add also in... the loss of a mother. You had one and you lost her. Right. Yes. And then right. and then you add in like the intuitive disconnect. Like yeah. it just it was just too much information. What the heck are you supposed to do? You're not. Your brain is not in a place. And your emotions are not developed enough for you to have any understanding of what just happened. Right. And so I think what happened mm-hmm. is that I was highly intuitive. Yes. Turned it off. Yes. And I think, I mean, of course, it like you like to say, it, it seeped out. Yeah. There were you times, can't actually turn it off. There were times in my life yeah. where it was just sort of like seeping through the cracks of yeah. this wall that I built around it. But I think what happened was a lot of that energy was placed into my Empathy. empathy. Yeah. So I was wildly empathic. Yes. Incredible at reading a room. Yes. Incredible at reading your emotions, anyone's emotions. Yep. Without even knowing it. I'm claircognizant. Yep. As you probably know, but not like you. I couldn't see anything. Yes. It was just a knowledge. And you were just reacting to it because remember, right. you've unplugged the intuitive part. Right. And let me just clarify that 
when people are unplugging it, they think they're unplugging their whole connection to their intuitive stuff. But all they're doing is unplugging their conscious connection right. to the subconscious intuitive information. It's, it's, it's all always happening. There. It's all still, you're still, right. your body, your energy field is all reacting to it all the time. It's just never getting to your conscious mind. Exactly. So it just, I just want to clarify The block that. isn't from like the outside world into my body. No. The block is from my subconscious to my conscious. Exactly. Right. And so for you, you could, you found it manageable yeah. to deal with the empathy. Yes. That felt more powerful to you. Because so you it used was it. because it was dealing with other people. Yes. It wasn't dealing with myself. And it was probably a good distraction. And it was a good protector. Yes. If exactly. I could manage everyone's emotions and they were so sad about my mom mm. or they were they felt so badly for my dad who had yes. to raise a child. I mean, Poor he guy. was a parent. I know. A good one too. A great one. Yeah, exactly. He was happy to do it. Exactly. You know what I mean? But all of these like Wait, this will air in the the anniversary of his death Oh, my dad, week. dad day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, hey, dad. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Jim Angle. Yeah, JRA. Um, so I think it was easier to manage everyone else's stuff. And like, I was the kid who instantly knew if I didn't like you. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't tell You're you about it. You're still that person. I am. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't tell you about it. No. But I knew yeah. instantly because yeah. I could read you. I could read your emotions. Yes. I knew when a teacher was mad. I knew when, you know, and of course that didn't always work out for me. I, you know, as growing up, I get stuck in my head about it. I right. overanalyze all that stuff. Yes. But for me, it was never that I was like an intuitive. I never thought of myself as an intuitive person, yeah. but I was always drawn to like mm. tarot cards mm -hmm. or I didn't do them. Yeah. You're but I was interested. always drawn to that. Yeah. I was always like interested in like the witchy archetype or the mm -hmm. character in a movie or mm -hmm. the um, powerful, mm -hmm. mean woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the that person who the emotions didn't match. Didn't matter to them. What you thought and how you felt. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until I started <laughs> raising yeah. my intuitive kids. Yeah. That you're like, oh shit. That I was like. I'm, I knew I was intuitive, but to me, my definition of intuitive was that like, I just knew things. I just yeah. like had a good gut instinct. It wasn't like what you would yeah. call yourself intuitive. Like right. I didn't see dead people right. beyond that one time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's for some people, it's more outer. Right. And it's more a part of them that's sort of unavoidable. And right. for other people, especially when they have a childhood, like, yours mm -hmm. and they chose the unplug mode to be safe yeah. that it's you become intuitive sneakily to yourself right like, like you were saying it seeps through right you can't you can't not right so it seeps through and like all the ways you've plugged it back in but all right. of the ways your intuit your intuition would be fed information right. and would give it to your mind were sneaky and I've had to relearn all of it. But it's still sneaky. Right. Those are neuro, those are pathways, neural right. pathways. So right. you don't get the big hit of seeing right. something because that you've trained yourself to do it sneakily. Differently. Your, your intuition was always working. It was just feeding it to you quietly and sneakily. Right. In and a way that I could it. accept it. Isn't that so fascinating? Yeah. Like, it was, yeah. My intuition was like, you're going to have to hear this. Yeah. So let's give it to her in a palatable way. Yeah. And like it was, you know, in an emergency Mm -hmm. always mm -hmm. it just came like flaring out yeah. of me and yes. it always worked and it was yes. always there yes but in day-to-day -day life it was just a very subtle yeah I mean it still is yeah but I just know what it is now I mean I wouldn't call it subtle because I think it's very strong mm. but I don't think it's like 
It's not loud. It's not like dramatic. Right. Yes. It's just like all of a sudden you know. Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably the only safe way as a kid for you to get intuitive information was to just know something. Right. And then when yeah. I started parenting my kids yeah. who are highly intuitive. Yes. They are. I have one child that's like wildly intuitive. Yeah. They're a lot it, like me, which is very interesting for you. To yes. Parents. She's very much like you. Yeah. Um, and then my my son is incredibly empathic. So empathic. Incredibly yes. empathic. Intuitive yes. too, but incredibly yes. empathic. Yes. And so I had to, I mean, that's what parents do, right? Like so sometimes you don't step up for yourself, mm-hmm. but then you step up for your kids. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta learn what's going on here. Yeah. So I can help them. And you gotta heal and look at your own stuff so you don't like accidentally put that on them to heal. Correct. So it's it's very tricky. Right. Yeah. And my tough. and my husband's also incredibly intuitive. Yes, he is. Yeah. And so we've all been doing this together. Yeah. I think it's the same in my family, except I think I went into it with a lot of awareness. Yeah. And working on my own stuff. But I think no matter what, you still get tripped up by your kids. Like Cause my right. kids are incredibly intuitive and my husband is intuitive, but like they're all intuitive in different ways. Yes. Their experiences are different. Like right. even just growing up where intuitive stuff is like openly talked about and not mm-hmm. weird and there's no boundary and there's all this language it, that raised in that environment is going to make your, you use your intuition differently right. than someone who was being sneaky about it all the time. So exactly. I'm still raising kids where I'm going, what? Right. Huh? Yeah, like right, and, and it's cool. it's strange. Like no matter right. what is the point. Or for someone like me who quote unquote wasn't allowed to use it. Yes. Then I see my kids being incredibly intuitive. Yes. Or having all of these emotions that are tied to their intuition and openly, it's, openly. <laughs> it's weird. And I'm creating a safe space for it. Yeah. But then I'm also internally like being well, triggered. Fair. I didn't get to. It's I very get to triggering. Do this. I didn't get to. I didn't get yes. to see dead people. Yes. I didn't get to, flip out and have this big tantrum like no i didn't get to have all these emotions i was i had to manage myself and behave for everyone and people please and yes. present the right way so everyone was happy around me mm-hmm. you know that's why it's so important to remind everybody that you don't have to be perfect as a parent no you just have to be doing your best and working on yourself mm-hmm. and working on raising your kids like you can't leave yourself out because then your your stuff's going to be handed to them to heal. Well, and that's what it started with. And that's how I met you. Mm-hmm. Was I knew I had to learn about intuition. But it wasn't like... Well, I mean, first of all, there aren't that many books about intuitive kids. Not or none that you'd want to read. No. Right? But I was like, I, I can't go to the library about this. Like, i got to <laughs> figure out what this is. And it, it, it meant working on myself. Yeah. And I met you. Well, we, you know what I mean? let's change how you say that. You were intuitively led to me. Exactly. And it wasn't the first time. We won't bore you with that oh, story. But there's a, there's the universe tried to push us together a couple times. And it, it <laughs> happened when you were ready. Well, I don't remember the first one. Yeah, but we I can... I time slipped in the first one. We can prove it based on other people's memories. We can. So, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But that's yeah, a story so, for another day. But yeah. Yeah, that's an obsessed segment someday. But... Someday when we do our podcast tour, tour. we'll tell the story. Yes, that's the story. <laughs> yes. Okay. I think we should take a quick break. Okay. And then we'll come back and we'll give everyone some helpful tips and tricks and life hacks for raising empathic kids or helping them in any way. Okay. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, 
you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki, so I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what goes great with podcast listening? A great cup of coffee from a great coffee shop. Yep. Beans roasted in-house. Amazing baristas. You know where I'm talking about. Restoration coffee. Can we go? Yes. I need an Americano and maybe a panini too. Ooh. I need blueberry maple latte and probably a resto bowl. Yeah. Check them out and visit restoration-coffee.com. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. This one I know and I'm also already obsessed with as opposed to last week. I mean, we've talked about it a million times, right? Like clearly I have a thing with cults. I mean, I think if our listeners were like, hey, guess what we're going to be obsessed with? They're going to say a cult or a celebrity's weird behavior. (laughs) It's like kind of both right now. It's both. Right. But we've had episodes on Scientology and cults. You can Mm -hmm. listen to those. And we've talked about this a lot. But I'm obsessed with where is Shelly Miscavige? (sighs) This is the thing. I don't know. Maybe this is not a normalized experience. Speaking of how (laughs) that's always the case for me. But there'll be like five or six things that rattle around in my head that are unsolved that bother me. And like when I wake up at like 2 a.m. to pee or something, they they come to the front. This is the 2 a.m. to pee I'm thinking about mystery. Right. So Leah Remini, who, you know, is an actress, but she was also involved in the cult of Scientology for many years. And then she had this incredible docuseries about it. Yeah. So good. Go watch it. Yes. But she posted yesterday. Yeah. She wrote, today is Shelley Miscavige's 60. This part blew me away. This is why I'm obsessed with it. I mean, it just shows you how time makes no sense. Time. I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) Shelley Miscavige's. 62nd birthday. Mm-hmm. The last time Shelly was seen in public, she was 43. How is that right? 43, 19 years. I hope I can wish Shelly a happy birthday in person one day. Until then, I will keep fighting for my friend's freedom no matter what Scientology tries to do to me. In all caps, where is Shelly? Mm. So Shelly is the wife Mm-hmm. Uh, of the like leader, yep, David, David Miscavige. He's yeah. a leader after L. Ron Hubbard yeah. of Scientology, who's now in hiding. Mm-hmm. He's in hiding himself. Mm-hmm. But his wife, when she started to ask questions and dissent, just vanished. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, there's proof that like she was starting to question 
some things in Scientology, right. specifically the way I think an assistant of his was being treated or yep. something. And yep. then she disappeared. And like Leah tried to file a missing persons report. The police wouldn't go along with it because they were bought out by yeah. Scientology. She found out. She proved it later yep. that the, the, was it a detective that yep. took the info was a part of the Scientology community. Yes. And so this woman has literally just like poofed off the face of the earth and nothing is being done about it. It's, it's horrific. I mean, you and I both think that she's no longer with us. Yes. But I hope that we're wrong. I would love to be wrong about that. I don't see that they actually would keep her in captivity for 19 years right. without anyone mm-hmm. bringing it to light. I don't know that that's possible. No one can send a picture. Like there's right? nothing. Like, I don't there's know. no evidence of yeah. her. Yeah. But like it's just like hearing that it was her birthday and she she six should be sixty two or she is sixty two mm-hmm. you know nineteen years that's and they they call like people say like the Church of Scientology like this is a cult it's They're not a church shocking. there's no religion no. in here there's no. no dogma to be done no it's, it's so it's so bad so yeah. I'm just I'm just still obsessed with it I'm gonna be obsessed with it until we find a resolution maybe so do you remember last week's obsessed segment. About Archangel Michael. Yes. And how I think that some oh. woman cursed hex. the guy. Yeah. Maybe we could ask her oh. to like hex to help us the person. They, suss out, Shelly. They can drop like a religious statue yeah. and we'll know. Go that way. Find Shelly. Anybody yeah. knows anything. Find Shelly Miscavige. Call Leah Remini. Yes. Or, or us. Or us. Yeah. I mean, it's just so disturbing to me. Yeah. It's such evidence of like a patriarchal system when mm-hmm. we can't even actually investigate because right. it's the wife of a powerful guy. Like, right. so she doesn't matter. Right. Excuse me. Hiding behind another structure, which is quote unquote religion. It's like all these structures working to protect someone mm-hmm. and to hide someone. I hate it. It's awful. I mean, it's human trafficking. That is human trafficking or, or murder. Or murder. But either way, it's or bad. Both. Yeah. You know. It's gross. Okay. So it's that, that's that's a Debbie Downer obsessed, but I'm just still obsessed with it. Well, let's just put it out into the universe that we get a resolution. there'll be some sign of yep. what happened to Shelly so she can have some kind of peace. Okay. Let's talk about what to do. Okay. And how to parent an intuitive empathic child. Right. And again, take these and adjust them to however you need. Yeah, there's, no, out, there's no right like or it. wrong. They're yes. not all going to hit. Yes. You're not a bad parent if you're not using these. This is just yeah. helpful things. Yes. Okay. My first number one is to normalize it. Yes. Don't make a big deal. Don't like, don't become a momager of them being intuitive i see that i do too creepy yep um i mean if this wasn't a big deal if it was normalized this wouldn't be a problem yes exactly you know don't get too or don't show the cards that you're too freaked out about it either just Just act as if it's normal right i hate to say to downplay it but i think if anything there are times when you really should downplay it yeah like, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if your kid is like absolutely flipping out over something, and you're just like, that, "That's okay. That's right. that's normal." Like right. downplaying it in that sense. Yes. Everything should be normalized. Yes. You also have to protect the space of your kid. Yes. I almost I don't want to give this example, but I'm going to. You can tell me what you think of it. Okay. More often than not, a mother is coming to me for help. Yes. And one of the problems is that the father is unaccepting 
and claims the kid is lying oh, or okay. being too sensitive. It's mm-hmm. not intuition. It's not, they're not seeing yep. different, like they're denying it. Yep. And I hate to say like, it's the dad doing that and the mom mm-hmm. the other way, but like, that is actually what I see a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think men are conditioned to not believe in this type of thing. Not all men. No, but, but a lot of them, they're, they're I mean, taught that it's would... wrong. I mean, intuition is coded to women in the society. Yeah. Right? And then right. it's downplayed and criticized and laughed at. Yeah. So men aren't going to associate with intuition unless they're like like very intuitive. Or they're so intuitive that they're afraid, they're triggered for their kid because they haven't right. processed it. I mean, there's all yeah. kinds of things. Yep. But like, you got to stand up for your kid. I don't care if it's a parent 100%. or a grandparent or a friend. If they're mm-hmm. saying it's evil or bad or wrong or their kid is over-dramatizing it or whatever, you stand up and say no. No, absolutely. Be an advocate for your kid. I can say my my mother was always very, very good at that. Mm-hmm. Still is. Right. Um, my dad, too. Like, do that. Yeah. Even if you think it's weird, yep. you still be that for the, for your kid. And just protect protect the space. Yeah, my kid had had some experiences where they didn't openly express, you know, certain like experiences with spirit, but there were adults in their life that like witnessed it and watched it Mm -hmm. and they could tell that that person was really freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, the spirit stuff. Yes. Even if your kid's intuitive, but they don't see spirits and there's somebody Mm. bad mouthing people who see spirits near them is still not a good idea. No. Right. Whatever whatever their style of intuition is, they're going to read it as, as theirs. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. So you should stand up for that. But even someone talking about someone being overly sensitive yes, or caring too much about everything, too emotional, or throwing a, you know, a temper tantrum or yep. something and saying it in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Those are times where you want to stand up and protect. You don't even have to say for your kid, just argue that that's not an okay opinion. I, I mean, listen, <laughs> I've had to distance my family from so many people in our lives. Yeah. Same. Because it they weren't safe spaces for my kids to yeah. just like Exist. be themselves and yeah. have experiences and have reactions to things. Yep. And so it was that's done. Done. And we found people that did accept us for like our big emotions and like our feelings about things. Exactly. I found schools that did that for exactly. us. I found family members that did that for us. It's really hard. It is. It's a lot of work. It is, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's all about empowerment. Yep. Every single thing I tell every single parent is to empower their intuitive empathic kid into feeling like they're in charge of their gifts. Yes. They can do it. So again, I don't really like gifts. I like to call them skills. I agree. Okay. I don't, maybe there's a better word if someone wants to tell us, but like. Well, it's also the implication that only you got it. Everyone's intuitive. Or that like there's some responsibility in it to use it. And I, I don't think that should be the case either. Yeah. But this isn't just in this instance, but I feel like it's a good example. And I, I've said it before on the podcast about the spray bottle. Yeah. So a lot of times kids will have, like intuitive kids especially, will have trouble going to bed because mm-hmm. they can see things in their room. Yeah. They've probably always seen things in their room, but now they're and associated the with fear. And... Yes. Their ability to see it has shifted, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So they feel scared about going to bed. Mm-hmm. One of the things I have parents do is create, like, get a spray bottle, put water in it, and put, like, an essential oil or something that will smell good. So you're, like, activating a few senses and associating. Give it to the kid. Yep. Have the kid spray it around the room. Have the kid pick a label for what it's called. My kids called it monster spray, Mm -hmm. but that's probably because they weren't scared of spirits. Right. 
use whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. so that you would spray the monster spray around the room and yep. they have to do it. You as the parent don't spray it. Correct. They have to spray it. Right. Because then they're, they're learning right. intuitive boundaries. Mm-hmm. I've sprayed the spray. You can't come in. Right. Okay. And I did it. Not my mom. I did it. Not my mom. Right. And same with everything, with anything intuitive and empathic, give the kid the tool and have them use it. Right. To keep them feeling mm-hmm. safe. If you're constantly doing it for them, no good. Right. I am very guilty of doing that wrong because mm-hmm. I can easily manage an energy. Right. I need my kids to learn how to do it without having to have my energy nearby. Right. So again, this isn't foolproof and it's not judgment. We all have our right. things we right. don't do right. great. But in this sense, like anything you can do to empower them, amazing. Yep. yep. Okay. And that theme will come up throughout this. Throughout their whole lives. Yeah, throughout this and throughout their whole lives. Right. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, explaining in whatever language is appropriate for their age that intuition and empathy is a spectrum, that everybody has it. Right. It's not a random gift they have that other people don't have. Mm-hmm. It's just that on the spectrum, they're dialed this way. More into They've it, got right. more of that skill. It's you the same me. as intelligence. It's the same. Like, there's so many different things, right? Exactly. Okay. Don't make it their whole personality. Yes. Please don't. I see that a lot too. Mm -hmm. I remember taking a class when I was in my early 20s on, um, it was an energy work similar to Reiki. Mm -hmm. And there was a kid in there that was, I think he was like 16 or 17 with his mom taking it together. Mm -hmm. And the entire time she would not stop talking about him, but only in the sense of his intuition. And I just remember being like, this kid has no idea who he is. Right. It's all wrapped up. And he, she kept making him try to like read people. And... Oh, he was like like putting him on a show. Ugh. Yeah. It was. Yikes. I felt really bad for him. He did not look like a happy person. I bet not. <laughs> okay. We've said this before, but help with boundaries. Mm-hmm. Especially empathic kids. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are hard. Yes. Yes. It's not that easy for us to draw the line mm-hmm. because we feel other people's stuff stronger than our own when we're around the other people. Right. It's a proximity issue. It's a, and I don't just mean like a proximity, like the person's in the room close to me. I right. mean, like, is their story being told in front of me? Like, right. what is happening? Like that presence is mm-hmm. very difficult for us to manage having a boundary too. Right. But my, my tip about boundaries is that they sort of apply everywhere so that like with my kids, I started teaching them boundaries in other places. Yes. Because it wasn't hitting to try to teach them about like energetic boundaries. Yes. So I would teach them like conversational boundaries or like boundaries with, between me and them. Right. Because the concept is the same right, everywhere. Then you can start to apply them in other places. Exactly. And then use that first situation as an example. Remember when we worked on this? Mm-hmm. Let's try it over here. And that's such an excellent point because in any where anywhere in life no matter how intuitive or how empathic you are with kid adult whatever the places that are the hardest to set boundaries are the places where you have the most fear mm-hmm. because boundaries are intuitive and fear is ego. ego so you if you have a lot of fear around seeing dead people and you're trying to teach your kid that or how to not have every, suck everyone's energy into their body but they have a lot of fear around that right. it's going to be way harder for them exactly. but if having like conversational boundaries or something like that right. doesn't have a lot of fear that's the perfect place to start teaching that exactly and then expand it to the other places right okay my mist technique i've said it before so i won't like go into a ton of details about mm-hmm. that but teaching kids this even if you're just talking about it in front of them until Mm -hmm. they can sort of grasp it Mm -hmm. it's that you imagine on the outside of your energy field there is a mist Mm -hmm. 
you control if it is a downpour you can dial it all the way up you can dial it down to just a light mist mm -hmm. it's always on but all that's doing is teaching them how to observe energy not absorb right. so the energy comes to the outside of the mist it knocks ask permission you just kind of detect what it is and if you want to deal with it or not and you send right. it away right and certain situations require the the mist to be a downpour mm -hmm. like if you had to go into a hospital to visit a sick relative right. put your downpour on kid right if you are just in your living room playing with your sibling a mist is fine and just like bringing right. that up so that they start to understand that they need to manage what they're taking in in different body. circumstances right yep okay i think it's a good technique for adults too i teach them that a lot as well. i teach that in my reiki classes too yeah, that or like a like a bubble like a shield that goes around them yes mm -hmm. love it you can use any i would refrain from using like glass or something solid because right. you could actually feel energetically claustrophobic Stuck, right i do sometimes yep. so but anything like that like a shield, shield. or a mist like or a, something some type of bubbly like material yes, that you can yeah. see through or something right yes, exactly um seek out holistic therapies yes Intuitive empathic kids and energy work are a match made in heaven. Yes. And so they, they might respond better than traditional meds. That's the case for my kids right. and, and for me. Right. So um, acupuncture and Reiki are two of my favorite things mm -hmm. for little kids mm -hmm. um, and big kids. Yeah. I just think those two things especially are things that intuitive empathic kids' bodies respond to very quickly. Right. I mean, you must see that with Reiki. Yeah. It's like they have a different understanding of it. Yeah, and it's just their bodies, their physical bodies and energetic bodies are so deeply tied. Yes. That exactly. when you work on the, the physical body with acupuncture or, or mm -hmm. Reiki to an extent, it's going to affect their energetic body. Exactly. Really well. I would say if you're not sure of your kids' clairs, mm. take them to a Reiki session mm. and then ask them what it was like. Yeah. And you'll know immediately. Yeah, how they're how they're responding to the energy yeah. or seeing it. My youngest is clairvoyant. And he, after the first time getting Reiki for you, was like, it's so cool, all the fire that's around when she does that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Instantly, there's a, there's, a, there's a visual. Right. Jamie's sending the fire again. Right. You know, he's seeing yep. the symbol of fire. That's what right. he's interpreting it as. Yep. So it's really interesting. Okay. Don't act scared of their gifts. No. Even if you are. I mean, listen, how many times do you do that parenting? Like, how many times do you put on a poker face? All the time. And sometimes you screw it up. Right. It's fine. But just try. But you can do it for that, too. Exactly. Exactly. Teach them to decode dreams and nightmares. Mm. Teach them the symbolism. Get them a book. Right. That is a great way for them to be in that empowered state when mm -hmm. that stuff is happening. Or like auras, like like get them a book about like yes. colors and auras and yes, same as why I say get them some angel cards or tarot mm. cards. It's right. It's this other physical thing to like use. And right. Like you can look in a book and you can apply yeah. it. It's really really helpful. Teach them about intuition and ego. Yes. You know, especially like like think about how you can teach them about like desire and fear. Mm -hmm. And how you can help help them understand those forces just age appropriately. Right. And we have episodes on like the universal fears and the universal desires. Mm -hmm. Those are great to like take and like use age appropriate language around right. for them. Okay. This one I want to get your opinion on because some people disagree with me on this. Okay. I don't think you will, but I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna give it to you. Ask them privately or in trusted company to use their intuition. Yes. You like it. Yes. Yeah. And it has to be with no pressure. And it yeah. can't be in the momager sense. 
No. But doing something where you're like, hey, what what do you pick up around this? Yes. And letting them say it. There's no right or wrong. Oh, interesting. And then maybe even sharing, I'm picking up this. What do you think of that? Yes. Even if you're kind of stretching it because you don't yourself, right. it normalizes it and it teaches them to trust it and know that they can say it. Right. And then it's it's just no big deal. Yeah, and I I do that all the time. I like know you do. what do you think what do you think about this? Or but I, I'm all I'm very sure I try to make it very clear. Yes. That it's only if they feel comfortable doing it. I'm not like tell me, it's not like pop quiz. <laughs> what color is this person's aura? It's not like that. It's like wrong, can you it's orange. It's yeah. more, right, right. It's more like, can you help me with this? Like when you have a sec, can you can come help me with this? Mm-hmm. And then we'll chat about it. Yeah. And then I let them tap in and give me an answer and I'm like Awesome. Same, same, same. I'm always like, hey, what do you pick up around this? Right. What do you, what do you get? You get anything about right. this? What, what would you say about this? Or if I can't get them to feel like connected to it, I'll be like, I'm getting this. Like right. I know my oldest son mm-hmm. likes, I try to say something a little wrong because I know he'll correct it. Like something being <laughs> wrong is so irritating to his soul. You know what I mean? So I can yeah. get, I can get the info that way. Just be smart about it like that and right. find the way that they feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah. And as someone who's turned off their intuition is turning it back on, <laughs> mm-hmm. I ask my kids for help with it. Yes. Like yes. they know I'm working on that. Yeah. So they're like, I, I, I give them a sense of empowerment by being like, you're the expert. Can you help me with this? Yeah. Like I trust your right. ability to use it. What do you think this means? I don't get this part. And it's then let of, them explain it to me. Yeah. It's kind of mind boggling how opposite your experience as a child versus to theirs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Help them determine their clairs. Yes. So just ask some questions and listen. And what I will say is don't limit yourself to clairvoyance and clairaudience. No. I, me, I made that mistake. Did you? Yeah, because Gavin has Claire Gustance, really. That's so he has true. psychic smelling. Yes, he does. Had I just put in some more language about smelling, right. I, we would have figured that out earlier. Earlier. I mean, it, I haven't hurt him by it, no, but no, like, no. it would have been helpful. Yeah. So ask a lot of questions about like sight, smell, sound, touch, taste, anything around different things that happen to them. Right. And then ask them... What do you think it means if if that's the case? Yeah. Like a lot of kids will see colors related to different mm-hmm. things. Don't, instead of being like, oh, let's interpret it and inserting yourself in it. Be like, what do you think that might mean? Right. Because they, they know. Well, because you can Google it. Yes. But I don't think that that tracks for everybody's system. No, and I don't think you should put it in because no, they I probably you should have let something them do far it. more intricate yep, for Even if they don't, they're not conscious of it. Yep. Like keep asking. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, like, when you ask a question, your brain has to answer, even if they don't say it out loud. Yes. So, so it's, it's a good, creating it's a response. Tactic. Yeah. Um, have some books or resources available, mm-hmm. but don't push it. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. there's some cards over there or yeah, whatever. No. This is fun to use. They're just there. Feel free. It's but not, not like, like, it's not like for f- 20 minutes a day, you will pull tarot cards. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's not like forced <laughs> piano lessons. Like, you got to work with Norse runes for 30 minutes a day. Like, just leave it out there. If they're interested, they'll explore yeah, it. I would love to work with Norse runes for 30 minutes a day. But <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't have as a kid. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Teach them that being emotional and being sensitive is a strong thing. Yes. And really, if you don't know a lot of the language around this yourself, educate yourself so you can use it on them. But Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence and how to build that in a child will do so much for your intuitive, empathic kid. Absolutely. 
I can't say that enough. So exactly. Brene Brown has a lot of great resources mm-hmm. on that, but like really just finding that and it doesn't have to be about intuitive empathic kids just no, in no. general. Right. So that you can use that and kind of guide that to yeah. your kids. Again, it's not like sit down and teach them. It's like, like kind of just pepper it in. Yes, right. exactly. I'm going to, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to bring up uh, the trick that my dad used to do a lot love, when I was I a kid. This. I love this. I know. I know you love bumper tricks. I do love all of them. Okay. So one thing that my dad would do, would he, he would know I could hear him, but he mm-hmm. would act as if I couldn't. And he would talk about me to somebody else. That's called gossiping. Like that's like a, it's a parenting strategy. Yes. Yeah. So he would say something that he wanted me to, to feel more confident mm-hmm. about she's really good at this or she's really smart about this or she's really you know responsible in this way or she always gets this and I'm really proud of her yes and I would think he was just saying it like I couldn't hear him right and I would be so just like elated honored and elated I would be like floating around (laughs) and I would believe it of course because he wasn't saying it to me he was saying it to someone Someone else else. he doesn't even know I can hear him right so he's not lying he wouldn't be lying to them about you but he might lie to you about it Absolutely. Right. He might just try to be making make me, me feel, feel better. better. Yeah. parents trying to make you feel better. Yeah, he's right. just saying that. Right. But he wouldn't say that to somebody nope. else. And so doing that is really, really helpful. Yeah. I, I still do that to my kids, not mm-hmm. just about intuitive stuff, but like right. it's, it's really good. And like you can do it to like the other parent or to a friend yeah. or like you can give them a heads up. You're going to do it if you want. You yeah. know, like I can usually clock it if you're doing it and yes. I think vice versa. Yes. So like, you know. Using that tool, especially with intuitive stuff, like, oh, they're really great at setting healthy boundaries with friends. Yep. But you know they're actually being garbage at it. It actually is going to help. Right. You know, or I'm really right. proud of how much they're working on that. Right. You know? Yeah. Love it. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great strategy. <laughs> Talk about how it is for you. Mm. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like you're super intuitive or empathic, bring that up. Like, oh, for me, it's hard in this way. Yes. Or for me... That listening to that story on the news this morning felt uncomfortable. Feels yucky, right? it, it just it reinforces the idea that speaking about how you feel is acceptable and safe. Right. So as much of that as you can, um, teach them about body language. Oh yeah. I mean, intuitive people read body language. Everybody reads body language naturally. Without it is intuitive. It. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not like someone invented it and we all went along with it. Right. It's based on how we actually react to different things people do right but if you're aware of it it's powerful yes and if you teach your kid to to know it Mm -hmm. it's just going to help them confirm their own intuition yep and they're already trying to figure that out anyways Mm -hmm. so it's just like a tool that they'll love yep imagine if we were taught about that when we were little kids be so good oh my gosh um okay so intuition is something you select not repress Oh, interesting so like you had to repress your intuition so you want to teach your kids like I see this with empathy too. And so it, it applies the same mm-hmm. way where a parent will say something like, um, you just need to, to like turn that off here. Like this isn't the right space Place for that. that. Right. Instead of using language that sounds like, please repress your intuition or right. your high state of emotional right. being say like, Hey, we're not selecting mm. bringing that in so much here. Here we're selecting to be a little bit, have a little more space. I like that. I usually say we have to manage that more, but I like selecting better. Manage is the same to me. Like mm. you're still in control of it. Right. Like the language is that you've got this, it's going to happen, but this right. is what we've chosen. Right. We're going to have to manage this like a little bit more here than normal. Exactly. Okay. All right. So one thing that happens every single time we go speak, mm. every single time I've taught a class, any anything, yep. the same thing happens every time. 
somebody raises their hand and tells a story and it's the same story every time. And listen, we don't mind hearing it. I'll listen to you tell that story and I will say the things I need to say to you. It's not a complaint. I'm just saying that it's so common Mm -hmm. that somebody will say, I have repressed my intuition because I get a heads up that somebody I loved was going to die. Right. And I didn't know how to manage that. Exactly. And so I don't want anything to do with intuition because it's evil and scary. Right. That story is so common that I feel like I need to address it here mm-hmm. when you're dealing with kids. Yes. Because we live in a society mm-hmm. that treats death the way we treat it. Exactly. It confuses intuitive kids. Right. It confuses empathic kids because right. we naturally feel differently about death than everybody else. Right. We naturally see death as like a transition. Which it is. And everyone else sees it as like an ending, end, like a right. very abrupt end mm-hmm. that's scary. Yep. Uh, funerals are weird and stuffy and scary. Yep. Why aren't we celebrating yes. the person? Like it, it's all very mm-hmm. weird and backwards here right. in patriarchy land. It's true. Different cultures are not the same as, as we are as Americans. <laughs> exactly. But there are also a lot of other cultures that are kind of repressive in this way. So I want to acknowledge that as Americans, it's Mm -hmm. bad, but it's not that way for everyone. Other people also suffer here. So that for kids is hard. And the the heads up that someone is going to go through something hard or that someone is going to pass away Mm -hmm. is just an energy. You're just tuned into the person. It's not like your intuition was like, let me tell you about, about this death. Yes. To scare you. Right. You were just tuned into the person enough that you picked it up. Right. It's not like you get this like ticking clock that nobody else sees. Or like the Grim Reaper makes a phone call to you. Right. Ha ha ha. This right. You're just to tapped into their energy. It's just that you're tapped into them. Right. Right. Not the energy of death even. Just right. them. And yeah. you picked it up. You picked that up. And it's so, right. I'm not trying to minimize it because it's so scary and so altering. And I completely understand that reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I experienced it myself. I talked about that, but it's so jarring. And when you grow up in a society where there isn't a woman to go ask about that or a right. man to go ask about that or someone who would understand that experience right. and not also be scared by it, it becomes something that's really traumatic. Yeah. My- but it doesn't need to be. No, it doesn't need to be. No. My kid doesn't know actual death. Mm-hmm. but can tell when someone has tapped out. Like when they've started that. Yeah. Like when an older person mm-hmm. is ready and they can feel the shift in that energy. So I, I heard language to it. I don't remember who created this language, but it wasn't me. Um, where it's, it, there's a call. Mm. It's like a call comes out that right. they're going to start the process of leaving, right. transitioning. And the transition starts. Right. And it could be a year. It could be five years. Yep. It could be a, two days. Mm-hmm. I don't, none of us understand it. Right. But a lot of intuitive people sense that call. Yeah. I mean, even I, who was the the blocked yeah. intuitive, I sensed that in my grandmother. I knew yeah. six months before yeah. that she was on her way. I could... You are also so powerfully intuitive around death. Right. That right. it makes sense. And birth. Like, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right. And it yeah. didn't read to me like... Oh, you know, that the clock's ticking. It no. didn't feel intuitive to me. It just felt like I was just observing this change in her. And it's a very slight yeah. change. It's very odd. It's hard to explain if you've never felt it, but right. it, it could be very scary for well, a kid I was just and gonna, confusing. I, was, I mean, I was an adult, but I couldn't say that to anyone in my family. No, no, you know what I mean? But my, right. my kids can say that to me. Exactly. They have, they do say that to me. Exactly. And then we just talk about it. Exactly. Normalize it. Right. Exactly. Okay. 
The last tip I have is to give your kids some tools to deal with being overstimulated. Oh, yeah. So I always thought that I was like the exception to this rule Mm -hmm. until you told me I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Except I don't, it's so funny because it's that thing you do where you don't have the right language for something or you assume that what being overstimulated looks like is this, but it's not the same as what happens to me. Well, everybody's body is going to do something different with stimulation. Yes. Right. So I I remember saying something to you about like the lights hurting my eyes and like the sound hurting my ears and you saying like, oh, you're overstimulated. Like like, you have sensory, like you're having sensory issues. Yeah. And And you're like, oh no, I don't have that. I don't have those. Like, no, actually, you definitely like, do. You're describing <laughs> you, Yeah, that's what yeah. that is. So it's sort of like... You, you thought th- it was like you were supposed to get hyper or fidgety or... Yeah, or like I wouldn't be... I was still able to manage it. Right. It was just like harder. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that's not what that is. That is what that that's is. That's exactly what that right. is. Right, and you can learn for your body and you can teach your kids to learn for their body yes. what over or under stimulation looks like for them and yes. their nervous system so that they can manage it. Some of us, even as kids aren't going to be, I don't even know if dramatic is the right word, but you're not going to know where I'm experiencing that. Right. I'm going to act... You wouldn't know I was. I'm going to act moody and grumpy. Mm. And that means I am overstimulated. Right. So I rem- there are times where people are talking to me at the end of a day, and it sounds like the Charlie Brown teacher. Yes. I can't process any more information. Yep. And I'm irritated by the Snappy. fact that you're making noise. Yep. If I hear you chewing... I might die. Like when I know, when I know that like the sound of chewing makes me want to leap off of a building to my death. You're overstimulated. I am clearly overstimulated, but I'm just thinking I'm grouchy. Like I'm not connecting that. So I'm describing this because I think this is happening in intuitive empathic kids and and we're not clocking that that's what it is. Exactly. So if you teach the tools, then that's helpful. Like even just being like, Hey, when you start to feel like this, it's time to go home. If someone had told me that as a teenager, it would have changed my whole experience. I am so glad you brought that up as as the last one. I'm so glad we didn't leave without it because I think that that's like number one for our family. Yeah. Is knowing when to leave. Yes. Like you're, you can't, you might not be able to stay the whole time. Yeah. Or you might have to have an exit plan. Yes. Like my, like we have a literal hand signal. Yes. In our family when it's like wrap it up. Yes. Like. We were about to, and believe me, for years we crossed the line, and it wasn't until I was in the car driving home, like, we should have left, like, a while ago. Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. So, like, you can stay ahead of it. But, like, when you're when you're intuitive or empathic, and you're starting to get overstimulated, it's okay to make an exit. Yes. But you got to know. Yes. And adding as much language to that for mm-hmm. your kids as possible. Right. Like, and also having them understand when it's safe people to say something to and when it's not right like if my if our families are together i think for the most part our kids will be like hey we're done with each other yeah or, like i need, I a, need break. a break i'm, I'm right. going off on my own right but that's not the case everywhere in Correct. some places people are going to read that as like rude. inappropriate rude behavior right. so knowing that and having like signals like mm-hmm. you say like with my kids, full permission, just give me a heads up that you're taking a break away from everybody. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, now that That's my kids acceptable. are older, we like, we I call it the debrief. Oh, yes. But when we get in the car and leave, like if something happened, we'll go, we'll talk about it on yeah. the way home. Like, 
things were great. Things were going really well yeah, until we right. got to about like hour yeah. two. What was happening? Yeah, there? like next time we like we got to dip out before we get there. And we yeah. talk about it. Like, or like when that happens, this is the language you can right. use. Yeah. And like, oh, I was just, I was just so, I was so tired and everything was so loud. I'm like, okay, then we should have left. Exactly. Right. I think in my family, my son Gavin is teaching me how to do that better. Mm. He has this natural, I'm good, everybody, I'm out. Right. Like for me as a kid, I would always want to be around people. Right. But I never could have said that. No. Oh, never. I would have never thought to say it. I didn't know that's what was wrong. This oh, is what I I'm saying. Have. Like, I knew I was getting tired and sick of being with people, mm. but I didn't know that if I just took a half an hour to myself or went for a walk for five minutes and came back you or feel better. or spoke up and said, like, I think I need to go home and then tomorrow hang out with them and it would be right. much better, that that was a solution. <laughs> right. Right. I still sometimes so because I'm so busy tuned in to, to everyone else and I'm so curious that like I don't clock that I've right. run out of steam. Yes, until it's too late. Or I'm just like, I can push through this. Right. Uh, do I really need a break? Like I have right. that about me. Yep. So like watching him just be like, he'll have a friend over and he'll be like, giving me the signal like that's our signal what <laughs> i'm doing that. is like putting my hand near my neck yeah. like cut it yeah cut it's right. done we're done I and that i for him. so i come in and i'm like all right sorry to be the mean mom but you gotta go like i'll take i'll take the right. every time and to me to watch him be able to do that is such a lesson yeah because it's who does it hurt it's awesome for him it's awesome yeah so i'm learning that from him he's teaching our family you're teaching yours <laughs> Gavin's so, teaching ours. Yeah, thanks, Gav. But however that works, maybe you have a kid better at it. Like Gavin's right. the best at it. Mm-hmm. He knows that, so he knows that's kind of his job in the family. Right, exactly. That's great. Yeah, do that. Love it. Biggest thing mm-hmm. is let your kids know that being intuitive and being empathic is not weird. It's not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. You don't have to understand it perfectly. You don't have to get it right every time. No. Nope. But knowing that it's okay mm-hmm. and that exceptions can be made for you and different tools can be made and right. spaces created for you to deal with it mm-hmm. is everything. Yes. And even though my mom was afraid of it as a kid, she quickly got on board. She sure did. And she still is and will still do all of those things for me. There's yep. many times where if I'm doing an event and I, it's solo, I don't get to take Jamie with me, mm-hmm. my mother will come because she knows I can't get out of there. You get, she has to manage this, yes. this physical space. How many times have you dragged me out of a place? Yes. I can't get out. I right. can't leave. Right. We, last time we talked somewhere, we were literally chased down the street by two people. I know. It was great. I, I loved it. I was like, all right, you yeah. get that Uber. Uber's here. And it's, I don't want to stop. And I, I have run out of gas. Right. I know you can tell. My mother can tell. Yep. And I'm trying to run on fumes for everyone and I cannot do it. So the point is like the more you teach your kids these skills right. and the more, even if they understand they're not, this is what I'm not good at. So right. make sure you have someone with you exactly. and the more you can be that for your kid, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. So intuition and empathy is awesome. Yeah. You don't have to do it as a career. You don't have to be like a no. psychic with a turban looking at a crystal ball. I mean, that's not a real thing. So no, don't do that anyways. Not. Please don't do it. But like whatever you're doing in life, right. those skills will be used. And right, applied. because we're all intuitive and empathic. Exactly. All right, Jamie, I need Thanks, coffee Heather. to recharge my battery. Yeah, and a nap. Yeah. Going. Okay, let's go. See you. Hey everyone, Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, 
like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.